do not. There is no try. The method creed. The staff and crew of the method believe in God, and we want to help expand people's understanding of God so that people who seek to live in communion with God and others can be encouraged to do we so. We believe God is eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing, and is triune, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We believe God is creator of the universe and all life in it. We believe in God's Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the wisdom, love, and living word of God, who was not born but begotten, and sits at the hand of God on the right as our judge. Christ's redemptive love for humanity is the source of salvation for all. We believe the Holy Spirit convicts us and leads us to repentance and joyful obedience to God. The Holy Spirit is our advocate and gives us the power to change lives and enables us to instruct and teach in the ways of the triune God to make disciples for Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. We believe that the church is an extension of God's love and grace. We can experience this through worship, fellowship, witness, and service with others in the church and community. God is with us. We are not alone, and we believe we can use our gifts to change the world for the glory of God. Amen. All of our sound effects that we use for our Disney fan fiction we got from free downloads from YouTube.com. Just want to make sure everyone knows that. Hello, hello, this is Hip Hop Pastor D Evangelist and Spiritual Leader of the Method. And guess what? I'm praising God because I am with you guys learning about how to make faith a lifestyle, not just on the radio, but on the Method podcast as well. And we're doing systematic theology in a more in-depth level, not superficially like we do on the radio show. Um, we've talked about prolegomena, the doctrine of God, pneumatology, soteriology, theological anthropology. We're, we're covering it all in this small group Marvel study, believe it or not. And you know what? 
in the last podcast, Darth Yuna versus Darth Cadis. Guess what? I forgot to include the systematic theology lesson. We had to re-record that podcast without the extra voices because the sound quality didn't meet the qualifications for the podcast. So we re-recorded it. So the systematic theological loci that was covered in Darth Yuna, a.k.a. Jaina Solo versus Darth Cadis, a.k.a. Jason Solo are... Ecclesiology, Prolegomena, Soteriology, and Eschatology. Now, Ecclesiology is involved because you have Devandra and Melis as part of the Invisible Church having a conversation that members of the Visible Church, which are the Avengers, are watching and listening to on the video screen in the Avengers conference room and then you also have prolegomena when you have the Avengers talking about defending the earth for God and soteriology is the study of salvation and I bet you're like okay how was there anything salvific about two Sith Lords duking it out for the Soul Stone because one of them was going to have to die now Jason Solo he realized what was going on and he went from wanting to be the Sith Lord that wanted to conquer all to being the brother that wanted to hopefully save his sister but was ready to kill his sister in order to protect the reality of the universe and Dana Sola who started out good ended up wanting to do whatever it took to get the soul stone and when Jason dies at the hands of his twin sister Jaina Solo the final judgment for Jason Solo was grace in the end and because the reason why it was grace in the end is because he was willing to fight Jaina Solo to the death to keep her from getting the soul stone. And also with ecclesiology, I need to mention that the archangel of obedience and devotion, which is Devandra, she was serving as a priest, which includes the other area in which ecclesiology was covered because she served as a priest because when Jason died and fell in the sacrifice circle and as the light opened up to receive his soul, Devandra prayed for his soul and was an advocate for his soul and prayed for God to receive his soul and for the people who were going to be hurt because he passed on. Now getting back to this episode of catacomb church episode one rise of the falling angel we are going to be presenting the battle in the natural state and before we get into that good we want to ask god to bless and keep and protect and empower the following organizations and people. Now, of course, we always gonna want God to bless Disney because of the way Marvel and Star Wars inspire us and empower us to reach out to people who don't go to church, to senior high, youth, young adults, and college students. We're always going to want God to bless Disney. The next organization is the Winland Cook Program of Religion and Justice at the Vanderbilt Divinity School. And I just want to say that this department does excellent webinars and workshops on how churches can really get involved in not just making a difference in the world, but transforming the local community. And if what I said has piqued your interest, all you have to do is go to religionandjustice.org, all lowercase letters, and you can start the journey of liberation from there. Also, the individuals that we want God to bless abundantly and according to God's favor are French Montana, Ludacris, 
Tedeschi, Nerd, John Williams, Two Chains, Kanye West, Drake, Eminem, Cardi B, Lil Wayne, Brian Tyler, Danny Elfman, the Arkansas Razorback Marching Band, C Murda, G Easy, and ASAP Rocky. So we want God to just bless these people beyond their comprehension, and we want God to bless them in such a way that they're gonna tell somebody that what happened to them was a blessing for God. That's how we want God to bless these organizations and people.
as always, the staff and the crew of The Method want to be responsible and let parents know that there is a parent advisory for The Method. We are out to reach college students and young adults using hip-hop music, Marvel, and Star Wars. And we want to reach people where they are. Some of the lyrics in our songs that we play are explicit and the subject matters that are covered in our Disney fan fiction are explicit when it comes to language, sexuality, partying, use of drugs, dealing with relationships, and violence. We're between the PG-13 rating and TVMA. I'm just keeping it real because if you're not 16 years old or older, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, please ask for permission to listen to the method. And if you're an old-fashioned Christian, it's okay if you listen to something else because we don't want to offend you. This isn't the church show for you. It's all right. We don't want to upset you because we are mindful that God loves everybody everywhere and can reach people in a whole bunch of different ways. Right, we are back. Yes, we are. We want to thank God for our ministry and our congregation for listening. And we hope that we inspire you to want to live by the G code. If you're listening with us for the first time, well, I guess what we need to do is tell you exactly what the G code is. The G code is just our way of living out the general rules of John and Charles Wesley. We had to put a new spin on them with some wise words in order to live by them. So we live and die by this. We do everything we can to do no harm. We strive to do as much good as we can. And we show that we are doing this by being good people and neighbors. And that is the G-Code. And guess what? If you're down with the method, you can live and die by the G-Code too. If you want to transform your life and community, just start with the G-Code and go from there. More is coming up next, so we want you to keep it locked right here. Hello. Yes, is this Mr. Russell? Well, of course, Your Majesty. Did you do all right last night? I was very scared. I had to change my underwear three times. <laughs> Every time I heard really loud noises, I didn't know if it was thunder or the sound from the proton ion bazooka Lily was firing. Well, it was probably a combination of both, Mr. Russell. Since you're talking to me, the Knights of El Shaddai must have kicked the Galactus Empire, you know what? Of course we kicked the Galactic Empires, you know what? We're alive, aren't we? But they're no winners. The 4th of July won't ever be the same for me again. People were injured. The angels and legion had to come and help us. I thought Lily was dead when she got sucked into the At-At. And we had to reconstruct the landscape as it was before the war, replace all the livestock that was butchered, replace crops and replace trees. All of this before morning and we did massacre 40,000 people. What? I know you heard me, Mr. Russell. I said we massacred 40,000 people. And the only reason why any of us could deal with it was because the stormtroopers were trying to kill us. They almost succeeded in setting up the command base, Mr. Russell. I mean, God set us up for a complete win on the ground, and we almost blew it. Just tell me all of it. Start from the beginning. Yes, sir, Mr. Russell. 
Stephen, I'm talking to my friend, Mr. Russell. I have to tell him what happened. He's on our property in McCrory. I won't be long. Yes, only 30 minutes. I promise to tell you everything before I go into the hot tub with Stephen. Would you like that, Mr. Russell? I'm all ears, Your Majesty. Plus, I think I locked myself in my storm shelter. I can't get out. I heard something rumbling in the background over there, Mr. Russell. What's going on? I, I, I don't know, Your Majesty. I need to check it out. Wait, wait, wait. Wait a minute. Lily, what are you doing here? I realized that Lily scaring Mr. Russell was all my fault, so I said, Oh, Mr. Russell, I'm so sorry. I told Lily to keep an eye on you while Stephen and I got away for a few days. She's staying with Clint and his family for the rest of the weekend. Lily, she requested Forkers put her parents in a coma while all this was going on because she didn't want to have to explain anything to them. Mr. Russell, I wasn't expecting Lily to sneak into your shelter with you and your family and scare you to death. Wait a minute. When I heard thunder and rumbling, was I really hearing that from war or was that something else? <laughs> Beat speakers and I kept playing the at at going up during a tornado. <laughs> Mr. Russell, <laughs> you're almost in another state. You were nowhere near the fighting. <laughs> I scared you. <laughs> oh, Mr. Russell. <laughs> You know I messed myself. There's no window in here. <laughs> no, Mr. Russell. <laughs> There's no windows, but there is an air hole, and I, I have night vision X-ray goggles. See, see what? You can hold them. See here. I can see everything you were doing through the air hole with these goggles. Yeah, Dr. Pam and Rocket made these for me so I could launch proton ion missiles at Star Destroyers from the ground into space. See, Forkus and Queen Morgana, Thor, and Tabris had to protect me through all that, Mr. Russell. And once I shut down all the ships, but you know, the lead destroyer ship, Queen Morgana, Wanda, Thor, Mantis, uh, well, Forkus, uh, a use. Stormbreaker and gone here to go to the lead ship to confront Darth Yuna. That's right, I said. But before I tell Mr. Russell what happened on the lead ship, Lily, tell me what happened after we left. Your Majesty, don't we need to start at the beginning? The very beginning? Well, not the very beginning. If I don't tell Mr. Russell about Loki, then I can't. What do you think, Lily? Yeah, started that part when Jesus came to have breakfast with y'all that morning at the New York Sanctum. Mr. Russell, Jesus came to breakfast at the New York Sanctum on the morning of July 4th. I opened the door when the doorbell rang and I was shocked to see him because, you know, Forkus had all of us convinced that God was just going to leave us without any help at all. So I just hugged Jesus when I saw him. I mean, I hugged him and I made him hug me back. I couldn't hear him laughing, but I could feel it. I could feel him laughing as I was embracing him. So after I let go of Jesus, he walked 
you know, in like he owned the place, which, you know, kind of, sort of, he does, he's God. And he walked down the hallway and entered a room to the left where Stephen was meditating. Jesus entered the room, walked over to Stephen as he levitated, patted him on the shoulder, and began to levitate on the other side of Stephen. The time stone went from being nestled in front of Stephen to in between Stephen and Jesus. When that happened, Stephen's expression on his face completely changed. Stephen said, Oh, that's why. I get it. Well, I guess I will leave you two alone. God, do you want strawberry preserves or marmalade with your English muffin? Marmalade, Jesus said. Thanks, your majesty. Now take my two eggs post, please. Yes, sir. And I went and made me and Jesus the same breakfast. Everyone else had scrambled eggs, toast and fruit and some juice. But Jesus and I, we ate poached eggs, Canadian bacon and turkey sausage, and two toasted marmalade-covered English muffins with two Tabasco Bloody Marys. Wait a minute, Mr. Russell said. You can't be getting drunk with God before war. <laughs> Remember the wedding at Cana, Mr. Russell? Don't forget who turned the party up with the wine, Mr. Russell. It was who? Jesus. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> After I prepared breakfast for everyone, we all went on the roof to eat together. We were seated at three tables. Loki, Thor, Forkus, Valkyrie, and the baby were at one table. Then the wizards uh, that were at the sanctum were at another. With, and then Jesus, Stephen, Wong, and I were at a table to ourselves. And when it began to rain, it was raining everywhere else but where we were sitting. That puzzled Thor and he looked over at Jesus and realized that it wasn't his father Odin that gave him his power of lightning and thunder. Thor understood right then and there that his great power came from God. After breakfast, Jesus, Stephen and Focus went to the meditation room to talk. They closed the door behind him, and we all just lounged and fellowshiped until it was time for us to get ready to face Darth Yuna and her galactic army headed by General Hux. After about an hour, they came out of the room. Stephen joined us on the roof. Forkus went to spend time with Thor and True. The wizards were in other rooms, practicing enchantments for protections and practicing hand-to-hand -hand battle tactics. But what shocked me more than anything was what God did. What God did? God told Loki that his idea to get the Chitauri to fight for us in space was a good one. But God didn't want for Forkus to be the one to get the Chitauri on his side. Jesus wanted Loki to do it. The alien missionary army had already submitted to him before, so God gave Loki the ability to control them again, but not as the ten-year-old boy that he was, but as a man. So God put Loki into a deep sleep like he did Adam when he created Eve, and after about a half an hour, he was who he was again. God specifically told Loki that this was a Cinderella situation. Loki woke up from his sleep. He stayed in the room for a while because he found a mirror to look at himself. Loki began to see if he still had his powers. He was able to conjure up holograms of himself and objects. Loki was able to do disassociative multiplicity as well. There was 15 Lokis in the room, moving and breathing in unison. When Loki finally emerged from the room, Forkus said, Woohoohoo, Loki! Woo, I'm so glad I am a happily married woman. Cause you're one hard-arse guardian. Mmm, mmm, in that right, Valkyrie? She nodded in agreement and said, Yeah, but can I be trusted? Loki looked at her and said, And trust me, then trust that if I step a toe out of line, the god of the angel armies will have me destroyed immediately. Thor walked over to Loki with the baby and said, Brother, 
It'll be an honor having you fight by my side again. Loki took True from Thor and began to cut it with her and said, This isn't much of a fight. God has set us up for supreme victory and annihilation of the Galactic Empire. All you Avengers have to do is not screw it up. Who's looking after the All-Mother? Wong looked at Loki with a small, nervous smile and said, Uh, Sergeant Barnes, me, and Laura Barton. We'll be caring for the All-Mother. Loki looked at Thor and Focus and said, Who's Laura? That's Hawkeye's wife. Loki felt a lot better knowing that Clint's wife was looking after his niece, but he still wanted to warn Wong. Loki looked at Wong and said, If there's a hair out of place on the All-Mother, Thor walked over to Loki, patted him on the back and said, Don't worry, brother. I put the fear of God in Wong in front of God. So yeah, we're good to go. Thor gathered the rest of the things to be put in True's diaper bag and handed it to Wong. Loki kissed True on the cheek and gave her to Wong. Loki looked at True like he wasn't going to see her again. Thor was deeply empathetic to his brother's feelings and said, It's gonna be alright Loki, you're an Avenger now. We take care of each other, especially the little Avengers. After all of that, Focus went into the plan for us to split up. Steven, me, Valkyrie, Loki, Wong, and the baby, and the wizards went to Mercury to meet up with Captain Falcon, King T'Challa, and the rest of the Avengers. Focus and Thor were going to Millwood, Arkansas to meet up with Melis Tabrish and Dr. Eric Selvig. Why did they split up like that? I'll answer that question, your majesty. They went there to create the Convergence. Normally, this is only done every 5,000 years. But since Forkus is the creator of the Convergence, she can create one at any time. And she'll only do it when God tells her to. Which Jesus did. Continue, Lily. Well, the Convergence blurs dimensions, which causes changes in gravity, barometric pressure, and reality. The Convergence has to be created so that a portal could be made so that I can shoot photon missiles at store destroyers. All this took place in here, in Arkansas? Yes, Mr. Russell. Right outside of Benton, in the woods. Anyway... They were able to create the Convergence really fast because after an hour, I saw Fargus and Thor. It was starting to get dark and I was glad because when the sun was setting, it was hard to see the Star Destroyers through the sunlight. So when it got dark, I could see them like crystal clear, Mr. Russell. We couldn't see what Focus and Lily saw, Mr. Russell. All we could see were different constellations in the sky and the portal beginning to form. Anyway, Mr. Russell, I was shaking because when Focus and Thor came back from working with Dr. Selvig, the fighting started immediately. Lucas said that Dark Una was using the Power Stone to track her through portals and Thor and Focus were standing back to back fighting while I was in the middle of, you know, looking up at the sky ready to shoot and once Focus and Thor were able to shoot down enough TIE Fighters with the lightning of Stormbreaker and Millionaire and with the purple flames of fire and brimstone Forkus would turn and tell me to aim and shoot at the next Star Destroyer. I mean, I was like shooting up to three torpedoes per ship, Mr. Russell. I had to use one missile to take out the deflector shield so that Loki, Star-Lord, and the rest of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy could attack the ship with the dist- with the- what do you call those? Uh, Queen M- Morgana. Chitauri. Yeah. 
the Chitauri and destroy the Galactic Empire like locusts. And then I had to use one to take out the lower deck where the engines were. And then my last one was used to hit the main commander bridge. Wow. Mr. Russell said. So did you get it done? Don't be stupid, Mr. Russell. You know I did. I wouldn't be here talking to you, scaring the poop out of you if I hadn't succeeded. That's a good point. Mr. Russell, the way that Thor and Thorkus fought was like a waltz. Thorkus used fire and brimstone and caused supersonic sound waves to echo in the sky and shatter TIE fighters. And Thor mimicked the same way with lightning. He snapped. Mjolnir and Stormbreaker together, and he destroyed the TIE Fighters with lightning. They were laser blasts and bullets flying everywhere. Mr. Russell, the AT-ATs were the most magnificent horrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. AT-ATs? Yeah, they're like 50-story tanks with Eggs that can walk, Mr. Russell! It's like being shot at by a skyscraper! Indeed! And then when Lily had blasted all the Star Destroyers so that Loki, the Chitauri, and the Guardians of the Galaxy could finish the job, Forkus looked at Thor and me and said, It's time. Forkus touched her earpiece and said, Captain Falcon, I need for you, Dax, and Rhodey to come and cover Black Widow. Wanda, we're ready for you to meet us now. Where's Mantis? Wanda! Wanda! I heard Wanda tell Forkus that she was with her. Forkus and Thor waited on Rhodey, Dax, and Captain Falcon. Once they got there, Captain Falcon said, We got Lily. Get on that ship and stop Darth Yuna. Yes, sir, Cap. Thor said. Your Majesty, are you ready? W ready for what? I You're asked Thor. You're coming with us. He said as he grabbed me by my waist. Honey, you have gun near. Yes, I do. Let's do this, Focus said. And Thor summoned the Bifrost and Focus followed. We shot from the battlefield to the atmosphere. As we were whisking through the air, I saw Lily using the photon iron cannon to blast the AT-AT, but it didn't do anything. You saw that, your majesty. When that happened, Storm caused a whirlwind that made them slam into each other and explode. It was great. Oh, it was wonderful. All that explosion and fire. There is something wrong with you, youngling. You're not supposed to revel at war. It's no days off. Take no breaks. You in my lane. You in my way. You cross that line. It ain't your day. I lost my mind. I need my spot. Sitting high like a gladiator. Life on the line, cross the state line, straight face when I navigate it. You don't know about the fast life. I got scars from my last fight. Ice water in my bloodstream from some old things in my past life. This is not what you wanted. You hunter be hunted. No turning back or running from it. It's one and done. You better run it. You take the feet of overcoming. Y'all can't tell me nothing. I spent seven summers running through the jungle. Every day a struggle. People throwing stones and trying to make it stumble. Rose about the rubble. Tell them they get trouble. So all y'all back up.
But anyways, as we went from the atmosphere through the portal, the scene was just as violent and turbulent as it was on the ground. Rocket was driving the new ship that was commanding the Chitauri against the Galactic Empire. And I hated to say it, but we demolished them. From what I saw, the ground attack was more challenging. Lili's marksmanship was pivotal to the ease of the attack of the Chitauri. She disabled the shields on the ship. She hit the engine wing to stall the ship. She hit the command center so that none of the ships could communicate with each other. I mean, this woman, well, excuse me, little girl, this nine-year-old was truly the master of arms. When we finally got on the ship, we were able to sneak into a hangar. There was fighting on the main ship and the Chitauri were ripping stormtroopers apart. Some of the Chitauri rounded in on us and tried to shoot us because, you know, they mistook us for stormtroopers and we heard a voice say, Not them, you reptilian idiots. The ones in the full armor. Loki was dressed in a striking black leather uniform with green accents and cape. He had on green leather fighting boots and he had two daggers with dead green and a tiny black helmet with these great big bendy horns on them. He walked up behind us and said, Well, it took you long enough, brother. Hold your tongue, Loki. Thor said, This isn't the time for your mockery. We need to deal with this thief, Lord, so I can get back home to my child. After Thor said that, Wanda picked up a piece of shrapnel off the floor and threw it at Loki, using teleportation as hard as she possibly could. Loki's head bounced back hard and he yelled, Ow! She was just making sure that you're here with us, Thor said. Wanda looked at Thor sideways and said, <laughs> No, that was for New York. I'm an Avenger now, Loki said. Wanda, you should understand what it means to be on the wrong side and work your way back to the right one. Need I remind you about how you and your brother almost helped Ultron destroy the world? Enough! We need to get to command. It's time to stop this spoiled brat so we can go home! We walked down another corridor and was met by stormtroopers firing blasters at us. Focus used fire and brimstone by clapping them together, and she used the purple flame that came from her weapons to turn all the stormtroopers into ash. Remarkable, Loki said. Thor, your wife is a formidable warrior. After Loki said that, Thor turned to him and said, When we see more of them, let's do get help. You know, for old time's sake. Loki looked at Thor from the corner of his eye and said, I hate doing that. What's the point? There is no point, Thor said. It's fun and effective. I'm not doing get help, Loki said. We're doing get help, Loki, Thor reiterated. What's get help? Mantis asked. You don't want to know, Loki answered. Will you shut up and concentrate? Everybody did what Focus commanded. Loki kept looking at Forkus like he was deeply in love with her because of the way she took command and fought. Stop looking at my wife like that, Loki. Thor said with authority. No one responded to what Thor said. We just kept on walking down the corridor to get to the main bridge to seize control of the command center and put General Hux on lockdown. So we turned around another hallway and were met by 50 stormtroopers. Wanda stepped out in front of us and used telekinesis to disable the troopers. She used her hand to push half of them out of the way. The ones that she didn't have held up started firing blasters at us and Thor began to wield Mjolnir to create a shield to pass through the troopers. Focus was behind him getting her lightsaber ready to use. Once the lightsaber was powered up, she got the side score and they both started shielding the group. As the blast bounced off the shields that Focus and Thor made, stormtroopers were falling like flies. After all of them were down, the ones that were still floating in the air 
was smashed into each other by Wanda and slammed to the ground. And Goku's Mantis and himself blasters. Loki obeyed, and when he put the blaster in my hand, he showed me how to make sure that the safety was turned off and not to set for stun. And then he continued. Thor started to linger towards the rear of the group near Loki and said, It's time. Loki shook his head at Thor and said, I'm not doing it. Thor didn't listen to Loki at that point. He grabbed Loki and put him in the fireman's carry so that he could use his weapon with the other hand if needed. What's he doing? Mantis asked. Get help, Forkus answered. We kept on walking and realized that we were getting closer to the command center. The alarm sounded because we were spotted by a droid that alerted command that we were near. As sirens were glaring, stormtroopers came storming out of the sliding door. Thor flung Loki over his shoulders and knocked over 20 stormtroopers down like bowling pins. But while Loki was flipping sideways in the air, he managed to use his dagger to stab the stormtroopers that he passed through the air. Mantis and I charged forward, blasting through the soldiers, and Thor yelled, Get back! Mantis and I ducked to the side and Thor released Mjolnir and Stormbreaker and knocked the rest of them over. I just love it when Thor does that. Keep on going, your majesty. Alright, anyway, we finally got to the main bridge and Focus used fire and brimstone to blast the doors. After that, she had her lightsaber ready to use. We walked through the metal double doors that Forkus blasted through and we heard a man shriek. Kill the intruders. It was General Hux. And after he said that, Wanda unleashed multiple fireballs from her hands and took out all of the equipment. Then the soldiers that were in the bridge with General Hux took out their blasters and began to fire on us. She knocked them out just like she did the stormtroopers earlier. Then Loki went from being one to many. The soldiers on the bridge began firing at Loki but didn't blast him because he was hiding behind General Hux. Once Loki was behind General Hux, he put his blaster to his neck ready to shoot. General Hux said, Cease fire. Stop. Put your weapons down. They did what was commanded. Focus touched her earpiece and said, Well, come on. Command has been taken. We need you to hold the bridge down. Let the Chitauri stay outside and finish the job that was started. Then Focus took out her G phone and pressed number seven. The phone rang once and then a voice promptly answered, Hello? Uriel, we're ready for you to bring a platoon to corral the troops on the main ship while we deal with Lord Yuna. How long will it take you to get here? We're almost finished helping with cleanup here on Earth. Uriel said. Give us about two minutes to get there. Gotcha, we'll be waiting. She put her phone away and walked over to her husband and stood by him with authority in silence. General Hux still had Loki's gun to his throat. He said with confidence, You're not going to get away with this. Lord Yuna will have the final say. <laughs> Forkus said, Really? That's what you got? No, you're not going to get away with this. After Forkus said that, Uriel appeared and was with us in the command center. Forkus looked at her brother and said, what took you so long? Lily got trapped in an at-at and I had to get her out. It shook her head and said, Oh my God, is she alright? Uriel said, She's fine. She was just a little shaken up. The Lord calmed her down. Seeing all those falling soldiers really disturbed her. When I left, she was eating a barbecue rib sandwich from Sims. <laughs> Good. I wish I had a barbecue rib sandwich from Sims, Focus said. I just wouldn't forgive myself if anything happened to that baby. 
God has everything under control, Forkus. Uriel said. After he said that, other angels began to apparate on the main bridge. When General Hook saw that, he realized it was over. There were over 100 angels ready to hold them and take them back to Coruscant for General Organa Solo to deal with. Uriel saw all the angels that were assigned to be on his brigade were there and said to Forkus, Stop the twin and get the crown. We got this. Come on, guys, Forkus said. Jaina isn't going to be herself when we get to her private chambers. Mantis, I need for you to put Jaina to sleep as soon as you can. Loki, can you use your multiplicity to confuse Jaina? Maybe. Loki said. Well, do you think that you can use that to camouflage Mantis? That I can do. Loki said. Thor, honey, Forkus said. I need for you to knock down whoever's in there with that woman from Jump. Lay the smack down on them because they're going to be in the mood to kill us as soon as we come on the scene. And Queen Morgana, I need for you to smash. I nodded to let her know I understood my assignment and then she said to Wanda, Wanda, once man has put Jane out of sleep, take the crown off of Jane's head and take it immediately to Uriel. Wanda nodded to acknowledge that she understood what was required of her, and Focus ended by saying, And if that doesn't work, Thor, help me cut her head off to get the crown. Killing Jaina is the last resort. The last resort, because God loves her mother so much and doesn't want to cause her any more pain, because she's already lost two of her kids, but let's just face it, she crazy. Focus took a deep breath and said, you know what? Let's go ahead and do this. We followed Orcus up the corridor to the elevator. She touched her earpiece and said, Rocket, how far are we from Lord Eunice's quarters? Where are you? Rocket asked. Um, we're in area 3364137, Forkus said. Quill butted in and said, Hey, Forkus, I see about 10 infrared figures on the 12th floor giving off body heat. She's there with nine others, so be ready for anything. Thanks for that, Star-Lord, Fulker said. We all got in the elevator and headed to Dark Luna. We got on the elevator in silence. Loki said, Now the real fun's about to begin. When the door on the elevator finally opened, we all walked down the hallway gingerly prepared for the unexpected. Everywhere we walked, the doors opened automatically, but there wasn't anyone to meet us for combat. After about ten minutes, Walker said, She knows we're coming. Be ready. If we can't get the crown off of Jaina's head, baby, go for her head. Yes, dear. Thor said softly. We got through some metal doors and they opened them as we expected. And we walked into a dark chamber where a woman dressed in a black tunic and mask was perched in a large steel chair that looked like a throne, poised with confidence and very relaxed. Darth Yuna smiled and said, Ah, welcome Avengers. I've enjoyed watching you fight. It's been very entertaining. But I wonder how successful you could have been if you didn't have help from the Almighty. Your angels can do nothing to me. Your weapons can't stop me. I am the most powerful person in the universe. Just give up now and we can work on getting the rest of the stones. Focus looked at her, laughed and said, <laughs> What? Your mother is the only reason why you're not dead already. You know this, right? Ooh, Marcus. Darth Eunice said. It's so good to finally meet you. Your sister has told me so much about you. You remember Amatrine, don't you? You're the key to unlocking the location of the rest of the stones. This can all go away if you just... Bow down to me. Let me show you a better way. 
Let me show you the way. Let me teach you how to unlock unlimited power. Uh, no, that's not gonna happen, Walker said. Darth Yuna's response was, Well, if you don't obey me, then you will be made to. I'll just use your family as an incentive. I understand that you just got married and had a baby. Congratulations. How sweet. And it's going to be a shame that your daughter won't grow up to be with her dad. Girl, what have you been smoking? Walker said. You're not going to kill my man. Mm-mm, not today. You're right. Darth Yuna said. I'll save him for later. I'll start with your green friend. She looked at me and I began to levitate in the air and then she began to shoot jolts of electricity through my body and I yelled in agony and I turned into She-Hulk. And once that happened, the electricity that was pulsating through me didn't hurt anymore, but I couldn't move. At that moment, as I was floating in the air helpless, Darth Yuna sent her cronies to rip. There were nine of them. Really wasn't much of a fight, though, because Wanda used her power to stop the mid-stride as they ran towards Mantis, Wanda, Loki, Focus, and Thor. She let out fireball torpedoes and they just laid there unconscious and while they were going on, Loki did something that Forkus hoped that he would. Loki said, Why don't you pick on someone your own size? Leave the she-beasts alone and deal with me. Ha! Darthina said, Gladly! She summoned her lightsaber from across the room. Once it was in her hand, she leapt off her throne and started standing before Loki. She stood right in front of Loki and took her saber and struck Loki down, but the saber went through him while he laughed. This means nothing. I'll just go to the next fool to torture. After she said that, Mantis struck her from behind by touching her on the back of her head and Darth Yuna dropped to the floor with a thud. Hurry, Wanda, Mantis said. She's powerful. I'm not going to be able to keep her asleep long. Wanda sprinted towards Darth Yuna, and as she ran towards the Sith Lord with her hand extended so that she could move the crown, it began to slowly inch off her head. Darth Yuna began to growl like a ravaged dog, but her eyes remained closed. As Wanda got closer, Darth Yuna growled more intensely like she was in pain. Then Wanda said, That's as far as I can get it off her head. The crown was hovering over Darth Yuna's head. Thor said, I'm going for the head. Thor, don't kill her! Focus said, don't worry, dear. Thor said, I've got this. When Thor said that, he ran and stood beside Darth Yuna and clapped Stormbreaker and Yornir together, producing a lightning bolt so strong to knock the crown off of Darth Yuna's head, sliding it across the floor. When that happened, I fell to the floor with the thud and began to turn back to myself again. When Loki saw me in my bra and panties, he said, Your Majesty, I would offer you my coat, but I don't have one. But I must say you look great for someone your age. Loki? Thor said. Mind how you talk to Queen Morgana. Loki looked at Thor as if he wanted to stab him and said, You take the fun out of everything. So, Mr. Russell, Darth Yuna is being transported back to her home. General Organa Solo and her husband Han are grateful that we didn't kill their kid. At least 12,000 Imperial troops will be tried by the Galactic Senate for war crimes. Forkers gave the Trinity Crown and the rest of the Infinity Stones to Uriel, and he told her that after she rests for a while that God will send the rest of the stones for her to reconfigure. 
And that's what happened at the battle in the natural state, Mr. Russell. So, in other words, Mr. Russell, Loki was right. God set us up for supreme victory, even with all the mistakes that we made. You know, like when Joshua led the Israelites in the Jericho. You know, it was like that. Really, it was. But anyway, I wanted to check on you, Mr. Russell. I've been worried about you, and Lily, stop scaring Mr. Russell. You're supposed to look after him. I'm going to get into the hot tub with my husband. See you later. I'm coming, dear. Bye, Mr. Russell. Bye, Lily. I'll get with you later, Your Majesty. Goodbye, Your Majesty. Okay, believe it or not, through all that shoot 'em up killing and fun that I had writing that and doing that with Mr. Russell, <laughs> we did cover some theological law side. We covered Christology, Ecclesiology, Eschatology, and Prolegomena. Now, Christology was covered because Jesus came to help the Avengers get their minds right and just be that good emotional and moral and spiritual support that they needed to go into a larger than life battle to defend earth and its citizens now ecclesiology is covered because you got members of the invisible church and visible church working together to protect earth and when i mean invisible church and visible church you got the angels some fallen angels and the Avengers working together to defend Earth against the Galactic Empire. Soteriology and eschatology, depending on how you look at the situation, is covered because grace was granted to Darth Yuna. And the reason why grace was granted to Darth Yuna was because of the relationship that God had with Princess Leia. So it's kind of like salvation and judgment all in one. Polygomina is covered is when, you know, God shows up at the New York Sanctum to check in with his family and the troops and to get Loki ready for battle so that they can lay the smack down on the Galactic Empire. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this stuff. Oh my gosh, this stuff is so much fun to write. It is awesome to use this stuff to help teach Christian metaphysics because when it was being taught to me at Perkins School of Theology with the education that I had under my belt, my chemistry degree, my nursing degree, my MBA, and my master's in organizational management, when Dr. Karen Baker Fletcher and Dr. Mirandu got up and lectured about these theological loci, it felt like they were Martians talking to me the first time I heard this stuff. Just understanding metaphysics and thinking about God scientifically, I formed new neural pathways in my brain. My brain got wrinkled just a little bit more. Theological metaphysics is hard compared to learning quantum physics. I know, I know I said that and I meant what I said. As a scientist, I'm saying that because I'm dealing with something that I absolutely cannot see and is completely abstract. So. To God be the glory for the art of storytelling. And we are praying that you guys are enlightened and your understanding of the doctrines of the Christian faith are expanded.
I am mighty. 